What's up, everybody? Welcome into this week's episode of Parents Podcast. Got two more wins to talk about this week. A couple of big wins. One actually very large over the Sooners. A nice revenge game. Uh, but Hunter and I get into that and just how routine this is becoming for the Tech basketball team to to show up and dominate. And it's actually quite awesome. So here we go. Hey, before we get to the podcast, I just want to do make sure I shout out our sponsor, Prime Residential Mortgage Incorporated. They're the Lending with Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Inc. Whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts can help find the best mortgage solution for you. They can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. They have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process online and it's easy and, and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. They can be reached at Raider at primeres.com through the website at www.lendingwithpassion.com or by phone at 214-736-9466. So get in touch with them for, for any of your needs for anything like that. All right, we have the uh, Frank Irwin Center Stormer himself, Hunter Davidson here. Uh, he's got stories from boots on the ground in Austin, so we can get into that. But how's it going? It's going good. We, I mean, we were just talking about it before we hit record, and you were just saying like how weird of an environment it was in Austin. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was uh, just being around that many tech fans. I was in the lower bowl and I was kind of like <clears throat> tucked in the corner not in the corner but under the upper bowl so I couldn't yeah you know, like I couldn't see anything above me if that makes sense and yeah. I couldn't really see the upper bowl directly across from me I could kind of I could only see it on the sides and that's where they had stuck a lot of students mm. so from, from my perspective the lower bowl was like 75 25 UT it seemed like which 25 percent of your lower bowl in your your place is, is a lot and uh, I couldn't really tell in the upper bowl, but, it, you know, rewatching the game and then looking at pictures, it was pretty, it may have even been like an advantage us in the upper uh, part of their arena, but, you know, it was loud and I've never, I've never chanted air ball before and I've never <laughs> chanted uh, defense before, but I did in that game. Um, it just seemed like the right thing to do. <laughs> and I was, so yeah, I went, I got there, drove up the day of, went to that Schultz, um, which was, I guess, like a Red Raider hangout. It definitely was. It was packed yeah. with, with tech fans. And that, that's where the – was that where the Joey McGuire meetup was the night before? Possibly. Okay. Uh, and then uh, got to my seat. I was sitting right above uh, Skovinak and Lee Lewis. Yeah. Uh, and, and they weren't that great at seeds, you know, but uh, – it was just kind of funny. Like he was sweating that game so bad, which every tech fan was, but I don't yeah, know what yeah. I was expecting, but I mean, he was like just living and dying you know, with every free throw. Um, yeah. He said, he, he told me I had to behave when I first sat down. Um, <laughs> Do you have some kind of reputation or something like that? <laughs> no, I think he was just joking. He was like, y'all right, behave now. Oh, but I, thought it, but it was, I thought he was like, Oh my gosh, that's tech hoops guy. 
No. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, normally when I go on a road game, you kind of have like, I'm, I'm not going to go crazy. You know, you're not going to like, you're kind of in enemy territory, but that wasn't, you know, there were tech fans just like all around me. It, yeah. it was, a, you know, I felt like comfortable saying whatever I wanted, right? You know, which is not <laughs> typical for uh, being in a, a road environment, but yeah. So yeah, that's, so that's kind of the atmosphere. Well then leaving the game, it was just over. I mean, it was all tech people because right. like, UT people had left so early. Oh yeah. Those so shots was, on TV. Like I, I watched it obviously. And those shots on TV, of like, <laughs> you know, the guns up flashing while burn orange was just streaming out of the exit was just, I mean, it was, yeah, it was awesome. And so, yeah, I can, I mean, you sent the video afterwards and it looked like it felt, I shouldn't say looked, it felt like you, if you were leaving like the USA, like based yeah. off crowd and chants and yelling. And I mean, it was wild. Yep. Yeah. I think level said it best. Like it felt like a bowl game that yeah. it, de- it definitely felt like that leaving, you know, it felt like we had just won a, a bowl game. Um, it was just like a sea of red. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the environment uh, part of it. It was a, you know, it seemed like just super fit. Like they weren't calling anything. Yeah. Let's just get away with murder on defense, which is, kind of been the theme all year and it's you know you see sometimes from opposing fans are like well they let tech get away with murder and they I, I agree with that but I mean those are the rules and we have a really good defense like the way we play defense is set is perfect for the way that college basketball is officiated yeah I was free I saw a thing from Jay Billis he's and he uh, had some numbers like it's the fewest fouls have been called um to date in this season and I don't know how long and he's like saying that we've got a you know, the whole game needs to be changed and um, more fouls need to be called and drivers. More fouls. Yeah. Uh, that offense is kind of being, you know, like strangled. And I think, I'm, I think there's probably, you know, our, the way we play, we know that the game is called this way and we set up our defense accordingly. Yeah. And, and we've talked about it before is Texas was, was another one of those games and correct me if I'm wrong, but another one of those games where, we shot, we made more free throws than Texas attempted. Yeah. Um, and you're right. The game is called, I, I guess what I'm saying is if, if somehow, if you cloned this team and this version of the team played this version of this tech team, like it would be, a, they, it would only be a game of free throws because the way it's officiated, like, you know, we kind of trap guys when they try to drive baseline. But if I, th- I feel like if you tried to trap, Terrence or Clarence like or Terrence when they drove baseline they would drive through you and force you to make a call like I don't think you're necessarily trapping those guys and so I I think we also do a good job offensively of kind of forcing the issue um like we're not just going to you know um be stopped by someone in the way you know like you're not gonna I don't think you're gonna stop this team from getting in the paint so it'd be a really interesting matchup if if they played each other yeah, it would be a lot of fouls. We we foul a lot, just in general. Yeah, uh, relative to other teams, or, or we at least put people on the free throw line a lot. Um, and we get to the line a crazy amount. Yeah, <clears throat> so we yeah we shot more, made more free throws than they shot. We did that again against OU, so that's four straight games of doing that. And it's like, uh, you know, we do this every week, and it's almost like we just say the same things. Like we, this team's been doing the same thing for like the last two months. Yeah, and it. It, just beating up people. We, the formula has not changed. It's 
Um, other than maybe like a guy stepping, you know, we have a random guy step up every now and then, but um, there is something that's changed, I think. And we can talk about it later if you want, but I, and I, maybe, maybe it's changed, you know, and we've talked about it. <clears throat> so maybe it hasn't changed. Maybe it's been too long, but that little weave that we're running at the top of the key with between the guards to me is, is new offensively. And I think it's been incredibly effective and we may, you know, you may be already counting that into what we do, but I, it is a change, a relatively recent change to me. Yeah, I think so too. I think we started that against Baylor. Maybe. Yeah. Um, Which I appreciate because I feel like we kind of stole that from Baylor and after all the talk of them stealing our defense or whatever, uh, I feel like maybe maybe that that debt has been paid a little bit. If that's if if that weave is going to continue to work the way it has, yeah, I think you know this team. It's I think my my theme for this team is just like it doesn't matter because we can't shoot and it doesn't matter. We you know we have guys hurt all the time and it, it doesn't matter. We have yeah. guys no show. We have like major contributors have bad games i mean and we it doesn't matter texas is a perfect example i mean like i feel like taryn shannon had an impact on the game but he didn't score from the floor you know like that's that's if you would have told me that i would have said well that's probably a loss o'banner was kind of a no-show in the texas game baby was a no-show in the texas game and so you look at it it's like how did we win then because like i said nothing matters you know we play the, the Texas kind of both of these the games should be a distraction to the team, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, we just um, <laughs> I I think it just it's a character trait of a team that's really good and that you don't you don't want to see because most of the time you know um, things need to ha- like things need to happen like good things need to happen to win. Yeah, and for us it's like not really the case. Like we we don't have to have a bunch of made shots. We don't have to have um, three or f- starters play well. Right. You will. And like I sent a screenshot to my Oklahoma state buddy um, last night when the score was, let me, let me check. Cause I want to, it was when, I think it was when the lead was at its largest, the score was 62 to 29. And I, I screenshotted the, the score and I said it to him and I was like, this is how it's done. You know, cause I was giving him hell for not, for them not beating Baylor. Um, and then you, but like, if you dig into that score by that point, maybe we had made three threes, you know, it's like, how are you beating a conference opponent by that margin and not shooting lights out? It, like, I guess it goes back to you said, what you said, it doesn't matter, but it also doesn't make sense. Well, yeah. I mean, our defense, are you talking about the OU game now? Right. Sorry. That was just a kind of a historic defensive performance Yeah, that caused that and created a bunch of offense too out of it because they, I mean, they turned the ball over 21 times. Oh yeah. I mean, and I, I guess I get it, but if you were to just look at that score, you would assume that like TJ went, you know, five of eight from three or something like that. You know, you wouldn't, or I would maybe, maybe. Yeah, I, don't, no, I agree. I, it's just, it's just wild to me, but it goes back. And I don't want to move on to the OU game. I, I just, I thought it just goes back to your point of just like, it doesn't matter, but there's also elements that don't really make sense. Like I, I can't – I know you're going to say, like, we turn our defense and offense and all that, and I get it, but it still doesn't make sense that we're so good offensively and can't shoot. Like, I, that'll never be square in my mind. Even though I well, I, I understand it, I, it still doesn't make sense. I think it goes back to what we talked about last time, where if you want to carve out um, 
aspects of scoring that aren't what some people call offense, right. you know, which is getting to the free throw line, scoring off, you know, running a terrible set, shooting a terrible shot, and then getting a rebound and putting it back in. Or, or Malik Wilson or Davion Warren intercepting a pass and taking it back and dunking it. Yeah. Um, if you carve all of that stuff out, then yeah, there's a lot to nitpick about, about our offense. But right. when you, when, yeah, when you put it all together, we're scoring points effectively, at least effectively enough. Right. Because we're still, you know, we're like maybe in terms of a per possession efficiency, this is a good conference. There's some good offenses in this conference. We're like maybe the third or fourth best team. Texas is maybe – Texas is like kind of right there with us. And they do some of the same things, you know. Um, they don't necessarily have a great offense, but they um, have a – score off their defense. And so it's really just Kansas Baylor is better than us yeah. offensively. And then, then it's us, but nobody, our defense is, is kind of um, really creating a lot of distance between the rest of the conference in terms of uh, per possession efficiency type stuff. Yeah. And that, that makes sense it, because what's wild, the defense is something that, you know, I think we've, we've grown to almost be accustomed to how well this version of Texas tech basketball plays defense, but then you know, you get you get to that Texas game, and you hold Marcus Carr Marcus Carr scoreless. Like that is that is something I would not have ever imagined. You know, like, and that takes an entire team to do. I mean, and, and he was like, I went back and watched some of his possessions. I mean, and he was swarmed, and he missed some shots, obviously, but only three. three. He only took three. Yeah, but six, I'm sorry, he took. Well, six. yeah, and that's what I was. Yeah, I mean, like part. Like, he, he didn't miss some shots, but he also just didn't take very many because it would have been dumb of him to almost like, I'm sure beard would have appreciated maybe some, you know, some dip, some him taking some difficult shots, but that's wild to me. It's also wild that like, I feel like if you would have told me Marcus uh, Carr didn't score, I would have said we won by like 15, but it's just, it's just, a, that game's weird. But anyway. Yeah. They only had two assists too. And so yeah. you would think if we're selling out to stop him, that he might, might have like seven assists and it, right. it wouldn't have been that big of a, but you know, I guess if you just take away that last what minute where Texas scored like nine points, it is closer to what I would imagine if you would have told me, you know, they didn't score or Marcus Carr didn't score. Just yeah. uh, it's, it goes back to what we talked about a little bit though, but like Texas is unfortunately pretty good. And I think we, we saw that, um, but we also saw the same things that like we would would drive us crazy with a beard coach team is like, how long did they go without scoring? It seemed like, was it like eight minutes of the game? It was something crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, they, they took their biggest lead 28 to 22. And there was about three minutes left in the, um, in the first half. And then we went on a 13 0 run. Um, that was, and it was probably about eight minutes of game time. I know they didn't score in the first four minute game of the second half. Yeah. And yeah, so that, that was the only 10 plus run in, of the game. Uh, but it was kind of when we, you know, and it was ended by their six point possession, which maybe kept them in it. You know, if they wouldn't yeah. have had that, it could have like blown way open. Uh, but it, it was like a game where 10 points, once we got up by like seven or eight, it felt like we were up by three touchdowns, you know? Yeah. Um, but they, they have a good defense. Uh, and it, but although Texas was good, they are good. They still are. But tra- losing Trey Mitchell was huge. And he was only right. one playing that much but 
they don't now they don't have that many bigs where they, they went from like you know having him Too it's many. like they have a lot yeah and then he's the only real kind of center that they had and so now they you know the the biggest guy they played against us was six seven christian and you know christian bishop and so now they don't they went from like being a team that kind of matched up with us okay to without him they don't really match up that well against us we just it said a lot many, too many big yeah. guys Yes. And, and like I was I laughed hysterically when uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's out of a timeout or a TV timeout. And I and like we throw the it's it's a, we have an inbounds play and we throw the ball into Bryson and the the walk on is on him. The walk on who did the horns up or whatever when we were chanting at him. I can't remember his name now. He's, but like, He's not a walk on. That guy's not a walk on. Oh, he's not. I thought no, he was. No. Uh, that's a different guy. That dude had a you're talking about Brock Cunningham. Yeah, he had a, he had a Gonzaga offer. At a high oh, okay. I, I don't know why I thought he was a walk on. He just looks like one. He, you're okay. racist. Well, that that, that changes my. I like I laugh because I thought he was like Avery Benson 2.0 for him, and I was like, you have this guy guarding Bryson well, Williams. <laughs> so that was a that was late in the game. I, I wrote about that possession because I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, that it was late in the game. They needed to score. And they and I was surprised when they did it. They subbed out Bishop and put in another put in, I think, Febris. And so they had all five, they were playing small, which Beard loves to do because he hates bigs. Yeah. And really, if we go back, Beard does that because it helps him score. You know, he can't score with a normal lineup. So he has to put all guards out there in order for him to have a chance of scoring. But yeah, so he, so he puts they go small and we just throw it right into Bryson and he just goes right to the basket and it's yeah. foul. Yeah, <laughs> and it was just like, okay, you know, I, everyone could have saw that it was a gamble that he, I guess it was justified considering we were winning. But yeah, I, I was kind of laughing at that too because it was just that guy had no chance. No, and I guess it's maybe it's even funnier now that he's not a walk on and had no chance. Um, but wow, that really changes my whole perspective on a lot of things. I'm gonna have to rethink some stuff. Um, but anyway, uh, <clears throat> the I still think it's impressive that after the the big emotional win here in Lubbock, you know, Ted goes to Morgantown and beats West Virginia. Like, I, I don't care that like West Virginia is not very good or whatever. That was still impressive. And then to follow up the that game in Austin with another – with a huge win. I, I, I guess that goes back to how we kind of started the podcast where, like, it doesn't matter. You know, like you would like you would think these would be emotional highs and it doesn't really seem to matter. I agree. And I've heard, you know, we have a three and five road record and we've got some road games ahead of us. But at some point, you know, we lose with seven guys in Ames and we lose in our third game in a week against Kansas State when they were shooting out of their minds. Yeah. And then we have um, then we, we didn't show up against OU. That one is fair. but. We've won in Waco. We lost in double overtime in Lawrence. We mm-hmm. won in Austin. We've got a couple more chances here. I mean, I, I know three, it doesn't look – three and five doesn't sound that great, but in the realm of, like, tech basketball, this is, like, maybe as good of a road team as we have. I mean, right. we've played really well on the road in, yeah. in some of these games. I mean, the only stinker is, like you said, it, it was in Norman. They're, right. they're like, yeah, yeah, I guess that's one of those deals where the record doesn't really tell – Tell the whole story. Um, but if we win these next games, we have a five and five road record, and then you throw in, you know, what we've done prior to today. This is one of the best road teams 
that we've had that we've ever fielded. It's one of the best teams we've ever had, period. Right. So I guess that makes sense. I think that's what I'm coming to terms with um, is how good this team is. Uh, And we've talked about it. I'm pretty sure I've titled a podcast like that Texas Tech basketball is good or whatever. But there's something about going into Austin and winning with all the baggage that came with that. And then going in like, and then just absolutely like you tweeted, like just murdering an Oklahoma team that had kind of embarrassed you the week prior. I don't know what the ceiling is. And, and like, I'm almost nervous to, to talk about a ceiling because I think it's pretty high. <laughs> like I think it's final four level high. And that's, I mean, I just comes with some expectation that, you know, I don't know. It's kind of frightening. No, it is. Yeah. I mean, the, we will be, uh, I guess, like I'll say, a significant and underdog, which that seems kind of um, dramatic for, a, I'll say, like maybe a three-point underdog. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably be, we will be a three or more point underdog to maybe three teams. Yeah. So the ceiling is high. When, that, when that's the case, you know, you're not going to play all three of those teams in the tournament. You might play one or two. So, um, and really only one of them is like a legit underdog, and that would be Gonzaga. Yeah. They, they would they'd probably be like an eight or nine point favorite against us. Yeah. And, and they would would against pretty much everyone. Right. Uh, but other other than that, I mean, yeah, we'll, we can play with anybody. It just doesn't matter. And that's the thing. It doesn't matter because yeah. that we, we don't have to – we don't need anything squirrely to happen to play well. The only right. thing – the only thing that we have that's kind of like a must is for Bryson to show up. Right. And in the two games he didn't show up, Providence and OU, we lost those games. One of them we had a chance of winning, even though he didn't show up. Right. Yeah. And I mean, there was a few there at the beginning because well, I can't remember the the Tennessee game if that was a good Bryson game or not. That was just bad, kind of all around. Um, but yeah, I guess. But I mean, that, that kind of makes sense. Is like you need your best player to show up. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. not crazy. <laughs> that's not a gimmick. You know, that's, that just is what every basketball team pretty much needs uh, during a big game. But, and I, but I still kind of like the ACE. We kind of, by not relying on shooting, I mean, if we say we were to go on a four or five game run in the tournament, I mean, one of those games, we're probably going to shoot well. Like that, is, that doesn't mean we're a good shooting team. Bad teams can shoot well on, if, if you give them five chances. So that that aspect to me makes us that much more scary because when you rely on shooting, you don't you can't that's that's not an ace of, of, in your sleeve. Right, like shooting well isn't you have to have that. Yeah. But when but when you're talking about this tech team, it's just like a, an X factor that could show its head at any moment, which um, means the game's over. Like if we shoot well, the game's over. Right. Yeah, and that I guess that's. That's almost why, like, I've seen a lot of um, worry, worry may not be the right word, but I've just seen a lot of discussion over, like, we got to get to Fort Worth. Like, we, we need to get to Fort Worth, you know, in, in terms of the NCAA tournament where our regional is held. Like, we need to get to Fort Worth. But I think it kind of comes back to how, like we've said multiple times, I don't think it matters. Like, I, it would be nice, but I don't think that's, like, some kind of thing this team needs is to play in Fort Worth to go on a run. I don't think so either, but it would, it would help. I mean, it, and plus I just want to go to those games, you know, everybody <laughs> wants to go to the games and it's just that much more fun because we've really gained, you know, we've traveled well 
in the past. Yeah. But I think the this whole Texas thing has really drawn a lot of attention to like our fan base. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and from everyone's like seeing it, and uh, it would just be kind of another opportunity for us to for everyone to be like, oh god, you know, Tech and Fort Worth, it's going to be ridiculous. Uh, yeah. How many fans are going to have? Uh, so that that part would be nice, but it it, it is. I mean, it, it's going to be a if we're in Fort Worth, it's just going to be a gauntlet to beat us. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they'll basically be home games. And maybe we should talk about it, the the seating because I feel like I have a decent handle on it. And yeah. there's like a lot of misconceptions. Yeah, like I see people say like, well, I'd rather be in San Antonio than Fort Worth. Um, and that that's fair. Maybe I probably would take that too. You know, going to if, – if you're telling me we're going to play into the second weekend and I can guarantee now like – that the first one's somewhere else and then the second one's in San Antonio. Yeah, I would take that. But but we can't, there's no real way to like root for that. Right. You know, whereas with Fort Worth, there is definitely something that we have control over. Okay. Before you get like explain that, because I'm not even I'm not even super clear on like why 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 can we root for things to happen to get us to Fort Worth? Like what what is the what are we rooting for? What does it mean? Like where do we have to be? So what I'm going to say is contingent on one thing, which I don't necessarily understand. Um, And so with, so with that disclaimer, that, and that is (laughs) Kansas, for whatever reason, there, there seems to be this idea that if they are one of the top seeds, they will be in Fort Worth, even though there are two other host sites that are closely the same distance away from Kansas's campus. I don't know if it's because, like Fort Worth is, is within the Big 12 footprint, whereas Indianapolis or Milwaukee or whatever isn't. Or I don't know, something else that makes sense is like, well, there's other really good teams that are close to Indianapolis and Milwaukee. And so it makes sense to put them there. Um, but so with that out of the way, if we assume that Kansas is going to be a really, really high seed and, and is going to be in Fort Worth, that means that there will be one other team that is sent one other top seed that gets sent to Fort Worth. Yeah. And the way they do it is they, they will look to the closest, really, really high seed, top seed. And so it's that means it's going to be between us and Baylor or possibly U of H, who's kind of like slipping and, and really not as much in the discussion. And so we need to be a higher seeded team or lower, however you want to say it, a better seed than Baylor if we're going to get in that second spot in Fort Worth. Okay. And, and it's, you know, there's, it's easy to see how that can happen. Like Baylor needs to lose to Kansas. Baylor needs to lose to Texas. And also, so basically it would be, it's more important for us to root to get to Fort Worth because theoretically we would want to root for Baylor to beat Kansas to increase our chances of winning the big 12. Yeah. There there's that side of it too. That Baylor Kansas game is weird because it, no matter what, we kind of are helped depending on what you want. You know, right. if Baylor wins, now we're within a half game of Kansas. If Kansas wins, then that should notch Baylor down. Uh, and that, that's the, the problem with Baylor is they have these two really big games. I mean, as good of a season as we've had and we've swept them, if they beat Kansas and they beat Texas, I don't think we can catch them because yeah. the, their resume is already so good and those are as good of wins as you can get in terms of what the committee is looking at. Right. But – so that, that's the Fort Worth aspect of it. That's something that we have control over. We know who to root for. We know who to root against. The San Antonio part is completely random. Like we like losing 
games might help us get to San Antonio. Yeah. You don't know. And that's, when, a, that's because that's a second weekend, correct? That, right. That's, yeah, that is the second weekend and it is going where, to be Where's the first weekend? Fort Worth. No, 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 sorry. If if you were rooting for San Antonio, does where it, it could be anywhere? Could be oh, anywhere. so it like okay, I guess what that's what I'm saying. You can't. There's okay. no way to know the <clears throat> San Antonio is, is going to be tied to the one seed. So um, if Arizona is the southernmost one seed, then they're probably going to be in the South region. San Antonio is the second weekend for the South region. Okay. So it's like any normal tournament or seeding that you've might seem like if if um, Arizona is the fourth one seed, the fourth overall seed, then the eighth overall seed will get put with them. Right. And then and that's where we're sitting right now, right? Somewhere in there. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. <laughs> the fourth overall seed would get put with the fifth overall right. seed. The first right. overall would oh, get put okay. With you know, because right now we're on that seven or eight line. Right. Okay. And so, but if we get knocked down to a three seed. It probably increases our chances of being in San Antonio. It's, but it's like a roll of the dice. You know, you have like yeah. a one of two or three chance of, of uh, being put there. But that's the thing. Like, it's, I, I understand why you'd want to be in San Antonio, but this whole like, <clears throat> well, I don't really even want to get to Fort Worth because I'd rather be in San Antonio. You can't, there's no way to like know what is good for us in terms of getting into San Antonio. But there is a way you could go both. I mean, it's possible to be in Fort Worth and San Antonio. Yeah. If you happen to be, a top like say in this scenario where um, maybe Kansas gets shipped off and we're a three seed, you know, we're like the the ninth overall seed and um, we get Fort Worth and we're put in the South region. Right. Or we just went out, win the conference tournament. Yeah. But so that's kind of that, that um, spiel. It's, it's complicated, really. It should, it seems like it shouldn't be this complicated, but it kind of is. Yeah, I guess it just there's a lot that it's complicated because it's not just one of these like win game. Like if you are above in the standings, if you're above this team, then you go here. Like it's there's no standings to look at. It's like it's judged by random people putting you in random spots. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's what's it cool. what I want to, to find out. And I probably will do a deeper look if we win these next three games would be like has a two seed ever not been placed in a local ish host site uh, because this is like unfortunate for us that Baylor and Kansas are having such good seasons that we could be I mean we could even be the seventh overall seed we could be the seventh or the eighth overall seed which would be a two seed and still be the third best seed closest to Fort Worth and and they could still I don't understand why Kansas is linked to Fort Worth, but you you, you understand what I'm saying? Like we could be a two seed that's shipped way out to Milwaukee or, you know, San Francisco or wherever, um, some other place and, um, you know, not get to play in Fort Worth. And it's just, I I don't, I highly doubt, I looked at the last two brackets where um, not last year's because that one was all in Indianapolis, but the, um, the last two and all two seeds were, in a close region like right. a, and the, the so the last eight two seeds were awarded for their season we would be i i just find it hard to believe and I almost think like if that is the case that they will just be like all right sorry kansas you know you're going yeah i was four, gonna ask four extra miles to indianapolis right i was gonna ask about that because I, I also wonder if you know we mentioned it earlier about just how much attention 
the tech fan base has gotten recently. I wonder if that comes into play at all. I don't, I don't think so. It might just kind of like, um, even though it shouldn't, but right. I, I don't think that that's like a criteria. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sure it's not like an actual criteria, but I would be curious if, if it might enter the minds of, of some people, some decision makers, um, you know, you, you talked about it earlier. You mentioned it, how these podcasts are kind of starting to be repetitive because, because this team is good. They win we the same this, way. We win the same way. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. And so I was going to ask, like, do you prefer it that way? Or like, obviously, you know, you prefer winning overall, but like, what, do, you know, when I think back to some of the, you know, like I would say that, that the Elite Eight team feels kind of like this team, where that team won to me the same way. It was different than this team was. Like to me, if that game, if a game was close with that Elite Eight team, Keenan kind of ran the last two minutes, and that's how that game was won. Um, but this kind of like to me, the Final Four team was a little bit like this, where was Mooney hot? Was Culver hot? Was Francis hot? Was Tariq having a ridiculous defensive game? Like, it seemed like it was a little more spread out than, you know, uh, than the, the elite eight team the year before. Uh, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm just grasping at straws there, but it's, it's just interesting to me. And I don't know which way you prefer. If you like, you would appreciate like a closer like Keenan, like we were going to win a game because Keenan plays well and he plays well all the time. Or would you like, do you like it? Kind of how it is now where, you know, Bryson's probably going to play well, but after that, I don't know. Cause that, that scares me a little bit. Like I liked being able to lean on Keenan. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd certainly take Keenan, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that, I, I, that backfired when he broke his foot. I mean, you, yeah, you probably win that. You probably win the Baylor game where he broke his foot if he doesn't. And then who knows? Well, yeah. And he also, he missed like eight layups and against Villanova. Yeah. Too. Yeah. But I mean, I like this to, to me, I would prefer this team because it's a very repeatable process. I think right. the way this team wins, which is like, we don't give up any two point shots. Yeah. Those are the highest percentage shots. We, we don't give them up. We shoot all of our shots really close to the basket. You know, we have the best defense in the country. We force a lot of turnovers. We rebound really well. I mean, um, those are not, um, those aren't things that things that just they were really big, you know, we're listening right. to Porter Mosier the other night. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's literally impossible for he us. He looked to, like a man who had seen a ghost yeah. in his post game. It was insane. It was it hilarious. Was, yeah. <laughs> it's literally impossible for us to not be six foot six at every position yeah. and big and 24 years old. I mean, that is just who we are. You can't, there's nothing, there's nothing that's going to change that. And yeah. then even with Porter Mosier, he was like, they're long, they have length. And they come in with length, you know, like <laughs> off the bench, like the guys we put in are big. Yeah. Yeah. That, now that was pretty funny listening to him. Uh, I appreciated those comments. Uh, yes. He, yeah, I mean, he, he kind of looked, he kind of was just like, like when you get beat like that, it almost brings on honesty. Like, there's nothing you can, everybody just watched it. Like there's nothing you can say to try to cover up something. So he was just kind of freewheeling. It was like, it, it made he's, me he's already kind of like a spastic yeah. personality. And so that that made it 
even more. He was like super, if you watch the video of it, you know, he's like super animated. <laughs> it and reminded kind of, me of that Dennis Rodman video from the last dance when he was talking about his rebounding. And he's like, if it goes this way, I go this way. If it goes this way, yeah. I go this way. Like that's yeah. what he was doing, talking about our defense. Yeah. And he pretty much just said the same thing over and over again. But yeah. Um, yeah. And they let us play. I mean, uh, we foul. It just seems like we foul people like crazy. But right. maybe we aren't. Maybe we're just, you know, when you're big and strong, and you blow up people. Okay. It looks yeah. like a foul. <laughs> I was about to say, like, college basketball officials love mo- nothing more than inserting themselves and calling fouls. So I would have to believe that if we were fouling, it would be called. Like, that's the thing that I keep coming back to. Um, and so I, I just assume that we're not, you know, or maybe, maybe we're the early or the, you know, the mid 2000s Patriots where we just dare you to call something every single time and you, you know, you won't. One thing though, on in both the Texas and the Baylor game, we got, they, they got into the bonus uh, with like 10 minutes plus let's yeah. like left in the half and the second half. And we didn't commit. We went like eight minutes without foul. You know, we, so we, there may be something to that where we're like, where we're playing the way you're describing. Yeah. But then once we get to a certain point, we, we have a we have the ability to kind of cut it off and say all right now we got to play straight up right no more cheap fouls what have you thought about the rotation uh you know we talked about how buzo got those big minutes in the baylor game and then you go into you know into austin and he gets thrown in there a little bit uh but not quite as much and then last night you get kj allen minutes in the first half yeah i didn't really understand that or i didn't i thought it was weird that uh, buzo didn't play at all until the game was way out of hand yeah um, you know yeah and kj played a couple minutes when it was still like a game which was odd i just i don't know i thought it was odd yeah i didn't know if there was a matchup thing i mean i guess there would have had to have been or maybe he just kind of earned those minutes i don't know um it's always nice like i just love buto's shot like it doesn't it, he misses terribly sometimes we even saw that like in that he uh in that game against arkansas in the tournament last year like it was either nothing but net or it was like an air ball but and he still kind of has that vibe to his shot but it just looks nice <laughs> so i like having him out there um uh, but yeah that rotation is interesting um i do think we if bacho is you know if that's an extended thing i think that could be a problem i think you need a guy like bacho in certain matchups yeah, I agree. I mean, we we've played him in huge moments, so yeah. I you know that indicates that we do need him. But it sounds like it's it's not that bad. And also, his voice kind of trailed off. But Adams made it sound like it was something that would require surgery, like in the off season. Oh, interesting. He was like, "Well, he he'll be fine, but it, we'll get taken care of after the season or something." And like trailed off, but hmm. sounds like he'll be back for Saturday. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. He, he's still our fourth big. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. He, but he he just has a he has a role, I guess. Yeah, he's played twenty five percent of our minutes. Yeah. The uh, there's another thing about the rotation. Uh, what was it? Oh, the uh, Clarence is to me the epitome of what we've been talking about. Like he basically like I was ready to dedicate this podcast to Clarence after the Texas game. I mean, he was, and I still might. I dedicated my my football post that I posted this week to Clarence. It was incredible, his performance. And, like, I love that he even said afterwards that it was personal. Like, I mean, I love him. And then he goes out last night and has, like, three consecutive turnovers. (laughs) You know, like, but, again, it doesn't matter. And it goes back to the idea of, you know, Clarence steps up this game. 
somebody else, you know, uh, Davion Warren steps up the next game and you just never know where that's going to come from. Yeah, he was uh, huge in that UT game, making jump shots, which was out of character for him. Yes. But yeah. yeah, I mean, he he was massive, took nine shots, which it's like and part of that is what UT, you know, they have a good defense. And so yeah. they were, I mean, they probably were going to live with. Yeah, I think that's you, exactly. if you probably told Beard Clarence shot nine times, he was probably OK with that. Yeah, I think they were living with Clarence shots and he just happened to make a couple of them. But he was also playing just really good defense and making tough two point shots and just doing what he does. I mean, he, he's a ball of, of, of energy and he just shucks people. Like I've never seen anyone that short relative to basketball and stature, right. just throw people around like yeah. rag dolls. I mean, <laughs> and it's I love, crazy. he's always like, after all of them, all those physical contests, which he almost always, I mean, always wins. Like he always gets the better of, and he is just right in the guy's face. Like when yeah. they're inbounding the ball, like, and I love it. And I absolutely love it. Um, I don't know if it's like just him being from France and he just wears that emotion on his sleeve. Maybe that's a stereotype. I don't know, but I, I thoroughly enjoy, thoroughly enjoy it. Um, but yeah, that kind of led me to, we talked about Davion Warren kind of being in a, a little bit of a slump. And then, I mean, I don't know if you can necessarily say like that slump is over, but he did have an awesome game against Oklahoma. Yeah. And he's, he's like one of my favorite players on the team just by far. I think he's when you, he is very similar. reminds me of uh, Naeem Stevenson. I think, you know, like when Naeem led the country in scoring in junior college Yeah, and then came to Tech's team and, didn't shoot much, wasn't, wasn't asked to, to do those things. Uh, and then Warren was one of the top scorers, you know, at, at Hampton. And he's just like, <clears throat> it seems like he's always doing kind of like the dirty work. Uh, he does, he has like a lot of responsibilities. And yeah. Like the half court, he started, I think maybe every game might be the when, only guy who's, who's done that. When he plays poorly, it's noticeable. We've been able to overcome it, but it is noticeable, which yeah, I think plays, speaks to how important that he is. Yep, plays good defense, rebounds. He's really good in transition, and he's a like shot protecting the rim. You know, like in transitions, you know, like big guys don't protect the rim because they yeah. takes they can't get to the basket in time. Yeah. You know, but Warren is a is very 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 good um, defending transition shots, uh, and he's and he yeah made seven of nine shots. He can still be that score at times. Um, yeah, he and it just seems like you know, there's no you wouldn't notice at all that he went from taking half the shots when he's on the floor to, to this team where he could play a full game and only take like three. Yeah. I mean, it is wild, but it goes back to almost like we've talked about before. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but we've texted about it, but like Clarence was a knockdown shooter in high school, you know, like a legitimate, like he was known as a shooter and now he just doesn't really shoot anymore. Like it's just wild how these guys have, you know, kind of put their ego aside and, fit perfectly into the roles available to them. And I think Terrence Shannon is starting to play within his, what it, his role should be. Yeah. And, and I don't really, yeah, with hindsight, you know, we go back a couple months ago when he was trying to do too much. I think it's fair to ask, like, did Terrence know how good this team was? Yeah. Because if he, if he thought maybe he might've had an idea of what the team was and it was, I need to do a lot. 
And now here we are. And it's, it might be apparent to him of like, okay, I don't really need to be, I just need to be driving with my left right, and, or, and making the right play. Yeah. Seeing, seeing him defer to uh, uh, Bryson several times, arms a few times, uh, even Clarence a couple times in the Texas game was like, it's gonna, it's going to sound like an insult, but it was eye opening. And like, it's like, this is, like you said, this is growth. This is realizing where you fit in this team because there is, he's still the most dynamic athlete on the teams. Like still the guy, you know, top two guys I would probably want taking a last shot. Um, and yet he sees, like you said, what he needs to do and more specifically what he doesn't need to do. Yeah. And that's a scary thought too, because, you know, we still don't have a color. He, he played 15 minutes and it was pretty much like a non-factor Yeah, the other night. And we won. We beat Baylor in Texas without him. Yeah. But he's, I mean, besides Bryson, you could argue he's our most important player. Yeah. And if we can, if we can just get everybody back here, um, that would be nice, right? Yes. Yeah. I do wonder, but I, I guess like that also goes back to this team not really relying. Like I said, that you know, Clarence or Clarence uh, Keenan breaking his foot pretty much I say derailed that season I mean you went to the elite eight but that definitely put a ceiling you know on on what you could accomplish this team though like you just said you lose to me like I don't think he's I don't think McCullough is necessarily your best player but he might be your most important player and you beat two of the best teams in the conference and I think that can pretty much be said for maybe anybody but Bryson would you say like you could pretty much overcome any other any other loss definitely yeah Bryson would be the one that you couldn't, it'd be, that would be bad, but you, yeah, you can still beat anybody without, you know, if you lose, if you take out one guy besides Bryson, whereas if you look at some of the other teams, you know, like Baylor has had, they've still had a great season, but they've struggled because of having guys out. Right. And, you know, we've had that same things happen to us, but it hasn't really affected us. Like, you know, the games we've lost, I don't think you could say like, well, if we'd have had this person, we'd have won no it hasn't been the reason the iowa state game would be the only one yeah that's that's true but that was not that was yeah covid right uh so you know you look ahead you got the purple teams this week yeah tcu on saturday kansas state kansas state scares me tcu doesn't really and i'll probably end up by you know eating those words later but like even you know i watched a little bit of kansas state kansas last night and like kansas score like kansas did whatever they wanted to offensively but kansas like we we've witnessed it kansas state can score and so like they they will hit those threes that we give up to me i mean the only thing is we're at home and we seem pretty at the moment pretty invincible at home yeah that one i would definitely tcu is much scarier to me i mean we'll we'll be like 10 11 double-digit point favorites against uh, Kansas State, whereas the other two games we will probably be like five or six. But one, one thing I like about our schedule is this: these last four games, you know, it's OU where who we lost to. And so it's tough. You know, there's that we were clearly you know, dialed in. Yes. Uh, and I think us losing to them had a, played a part in that. Yeah. And then you got TCU, which is a road game, but it'll be pretty partisan crowd. I mean, I think we'll have uh, quite a few people there. And then you got Kansas State, which we lost to. So we should have that kind of that same effect. And then we just have to survive Oklahoma State's last game of the season. So I, I like that the way this is set up. It's not – there's really no uh, – we kind of have an excuse to not have a letdown at least right. until we 
till I guess till we play Oklahoma State. But even then, that that'll it'll be the last game of the year, and we'll probably be very apparent at that point if we have won the next two. That um, you know, one one went away from maybe you know, being in Fort Worth or something. Right. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, that theoretically, that game could be you know, you win, you have a share of the conference championship, you win it. You know, you, you know, there could be a lot on the line against Oklahoma State, which, like you said, could be good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like we could talk about so much with this team, but it's, we've mentioned it a few times. We've already talked about so much of it, you know, like, yeah, I mean, there's only so many times you can say like, we, we're, we're, we're really big. We, we're really, we, can't, we can't shoot, but we rebound and we have the best defense. Yeah. And, it's like, uh, I know. I, I feel like part of me wants something interesting to talk about, but that can only be bad. I feel like, so I'm not gonna, I don't want I don't want anything interesting. Just keep doing what you're doing. Keep winning. Um, uh, football season provides for interesting enough content. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. It's just a different, yeah. Football is a good, interesting comparison. Cause it's like, you never know what, you know, what you're going to get. Yeah. That I've, I've third, like I've actually thought, I thought about that on Saturday, you know, as tech was beating Texas and it's just like going into the Texas game in Austin during football season, me and you were pretty confident that we could at least compete and you know you get absolutely destroyed totally no showed and like that just doesn't happen with this basketball team and it's it's nice you know you don't have to you don't have to worry about just a total letdown yeah so and my, you know i think it's still crazy you know that mark adams has multiple coach of the year awards in front of him depending should, on i mean he, sh- he should to me this is almost like um in the nba when kevin durant went to the warriors and like you know uh russell westbrook averaged the triple double and like he the whole narrative was like he's getting this mvp like he's not the best player he's not even on close to the best team but he's getting this MV- this mvp it almost seems like adams like has a similar narrative. Like everybody thought tech basketball, like we knew it wasn't true, but everybody thought tech basketball was dead after beard left. And now he's beat him twice. He's had a better season. Tech basketball looks to be on the, you know, in a better spot than they were. It just seems if you want to talk narrative, you want to talk record, whatever you want to look at, it seems like it's almost Mark Adams to lose. I mean, you, you know more nationally about college basketball than me. So maybe I'm off base there, but it just seems like. I don't know about national coach of the year but big 12 for sure who would be his competition nationally the providence coach yeah the providence coach i guess just the good teams like few arizona yeah arizona's had a first year coach and they're gonna be a one seed um that's true i didn't like i said yeah that's part of my i didn't i mean adams is is having one of the best first years ever like ever yeah at this point if if you if you take, you know, if you think about just like the context of it, of what he took over and it being tech, I mean, this is one, it's one of the best seasons in tech history to this point. Right. And it's with a first year coach. And it's like, if you, or if you just say like, okay, big 12 first year coaches, like all, any coach in the big 12 history that in their first season, this season is on pace to be as good or better than those. Wild. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and we were pretty high on Adams and this is still, completely exceeded expectation yeah it's, it's and, yeah we're just really good i mean it's it's like texas had all these players and but it just turns out that we're we're better you know <laughs> we, we have better players than them 
Yes, we have better players. We have we have a more uh, we have a roster that's more you know constructed in a more sensical way. To me, um, it was just like I said, it, it'll be tough to replicate probably. But I mean, and, and like this trade Mitchell thing though, I, I just don't like. It, it, so he leaves, right? Yeah. And and Beard says it's it's personal. We need to have his whole family in our prayers, and it's like silence about the whole situation. And there were like rumors that his dad died. People were convinced that his dad died. Um, <laughs> I don't know where that came from, um, but that was the the story. And then it just was silence. Like nobody in Texas media was asking. Yeah, him nobody like, asked. Yeah. And, and like you compare that to whenever players have left tech in the past, because that's the only thing, you know, I only follow tech. So yeah. like when, when if there was anything like that, I mean, he beard because that was our coach at the time would be getting questions every single availability about yeah. the guy Boy, until, going on until we had an answer until it was like yeah, okay yeah. yeah he quit guys his parents came and picked him up and he's gone yeah yeah Namari burnett um but they weren't even asking like nobody asked was asking him about him no. it's like and it's to me it's like that's like texas just they don't just don't care like yeah it's literally the number one port transfer guy in the portal comes to your team okay now that we have him we have a super roster we have a super team i'm looking at odds before the season and it's gonzaga is the favorite to win the all win it all and then texas yeah as soon as, as, soon as they got trey mitchell was the second team yeah and and then he quits and nobody's asking anything about it they just take like, this story yeah and they just buy the story and everyone's praying for everyone and then it turns out, oh no, his parents just picked him up and he's in Pittsburgh right now. He quit. His dad yeah. is not dying. His dad did not die. His dad is liking tech hoops guys' tweets on Twitter. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just uh I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. Cause it's, I mean, you could even I look don't... at something as as stupid as like after after tech one on Saturday, you go to Orange Blood or whatever, and there's like four threads on the basketball game. You know, like if 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 Beard would have beaten Tech here in Lubbock, we would have had to shut the board down. Yeah. You know, like total meltdown. Yes, complete and total meltdown. And it's just, I mean, we said it when it happened, but it's just, it's just reaffirmed that they just don't care. Yeah, and they should. I mean, that was a big deal. Losing him is a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. And I'll say this too. I mean, he's transferred before, so he doesn't have another. He can't transfer again. And so is he I not going to grad? Because here's what I didn't know if what if he's a grad transfer? Now that, the, I, that I don't know. OK, I don't but know if, where if that's not to. the case. If that's not the case, if he has to, um, you might be right on that. But if he if he has to transfer again, if I was a UT person, I would be a little scared at what story is going to come out of his camp about why he's leaving, because even if nothing happened, you know, if he just is like a. a a baby and quit for stupid reasons. Yeah. I mean, they're probably going to get, there's probably going to be something that comes out. Like I was mistreated. Uh, Beard was bullying me. Right. Or, um, we you know, we kind of saw this a little bit with McClung when McClung transferred here, he needed a reason to be eligible. And so there was that stuff that came out about how terrible the culture at Georgetown was. Exactly. There's, there's going to be something like that. So I, I, I'd just be curious to see like what the story comes out as to why he's leaving and why he needs to go somewhere. Yeah, um, because I think the ruse, whatever it was going to be, whatever people were supposed to be praying for, um, I think that's kind of out the window. Now. Yeah, and, and they are starting to realize this. You know, I think they've just said it. Yeah, his parents picked him up, and he's taking online classes in Pittsburgh. 
wild. <laughs> it's nice to enjoy that kind of drama elsewhere because we have we've had our fair share of it with the beard experience here. So, uh, yeah, it's it's, definitely. it's it's definitely weird. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know. <clears throat> you know, I think building a roster, like to me, like when I think about coaching and. Like I, I get the X's and O's part of it. I, you know, and I get trying to put your guys in a, in a good position to succeed. The part that is hard for me to even fathom is a guy like Mark Adams gets this job, totally remakes the roster and is probably going to have to do some of it again, you know, or, you know, most of it again in the off season and just constantly like trying to find the puzzle pieces that fit in the right place. Um, it, that's going to be interesting to watch. And it's something that, you know, um, we saw Beard do here and we, we saw him do it at Texas and it, it's not always a, a perfect match. So that's all, that's always interesting to me. Yeah. And you compare it to us where it looked like a bunch of mismatched parts and it <laughs> fits perfectly. Turns out it is. Yes. Yeah. It's wild. Um, well, I mean, we, we ended up talking for almost an hour about our boring basketball team. So uh, yeah. Maybe we'll, I just, let's, let's just keep being boring. So uh, no drama. Let's just keep winning. How I, boring is probably a bad way to put it because that Malik Wilson dunk got me out of my seat. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah not it's, not, it's not boring to watch. No, it's not. I mean, it's boring to talk about. Yeah. Cause it's the, right. It's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, you, you went back to back that Marco Santos Silva dunk. And then I was already like, all right, here we go. And then I didn't think Malik Wilson had that in him. That was incredible. Um, so yeah, it's not boring, but it's, yeah, it's, it's not, ex- if there's not a lot of drama, which, so let's just keep, let's keep that going. Um, so you got, you got anything else? You got any uh, college baseball? I know you're, you're into that recently. So I'm watching, yeah, Louisiana Tech and LSU right now. This is <laughs> LSU's, it's like 30 degrees raining. Uh, I'm sure LSU wanted them to move this game, but it's, it's, their, it's their first time playing at Louisiana Tech since 1997. Ah. As I may or may not have a betting interest in this. <laughs> You're just a big college basketball or college baseball yeah. fan. So to me, this was like a buzzsaw moment where you bet Louisiana Tech, which I did, and they're they're winning like 11 to four right now. Man, so that that's why that's why you're just giddy on that side of the Zoom. It, may, it all makes sense. All right. Exactly. Well, you got anything else? Nope. All right, well, we will we'll see y'all next week. Walked into the spot from here, it's potable. These nerds nerd out a lot. If you are a big tech nerd, but you walked into the spot. These nerds, these nerds nerd out a lot. Go, Taylor. Go, Hunter.